Hi everyone, uh, I'm Paul Menig with uh, Business Accelerance and I'm here with our podcast looking at how business leaders can accelerate profitable growth, how you can get more money from your business and more time for your life. And we dive into trends that are driving business. We look at the eight drivers of business value and the seven forces to align business success. Here with me today is Anamika Anderson, uh, the head of Miadana and Company. All puns intended, Anna has a unique, multifaceted business. It has value driven by technology, rarity, and beauty. It's also a business highly driven by its ethical supply mission. Welcome, Anna. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate why you, that. Why don't you explain a little bit in your own words? Well, I'm the CEO and founder of Miadonna and Company. And we are a social enterprise, and we're located here in Portland. Um, but I started my company about uh, 12 years, 13 years ago now. Gosh, time, <laughs> time flies. Um, but I came into this indust industry and started this business more of an activist than anything else. Um, I was actually um, on bed rest with my, with, pregnant with my son, and I'd found out through, because I was bored, had nothing to do. <laughs> so I was doing a lot of research and I found out that I'd most likely purchased a conflict diamond. The my engagement ring most likely held a conflict diamond. Um, the more research I did, I just uncovered a living nightmare and I couldn't believe it. It was us women, the ones that are hardwired to protect children, that by buying this product, we had most likely hurt a whole generation of children. So that really stuck with me. Um, so just to kind of make things right in my own mind, I started sponsoring a little boy in Liberia, Africa. He was seven years old at the time um, and we got to exchange letters, which was fantastic because I got a first-hand look of what it was like for this little boy to grow up in these conditions. It wasn't filtered by um, an adult or the media. It was pure, raw information. Um, and one time he wrote to me and said, I had a great summer because only one of my classmates was killed. Ooh. Yes, and that was horrific for me because this was his daily life and that was just, it's just it was accepted as normal. And so I thought this, that those words right there, they changed my life forever. So I started, I, I mean, the Mia Donna business plan started so innocently. I just wanted to sponsor more children. It's like, how can I sponsor more children like this little boy? How can I get them out of diamond mining? How can I empower them um, to live a life free of poverty um, and, and destruction? Um, and so I thought, why don't I sell a conflict-free fine jewelry option? And with the proceeds, I will go to these diamond mining communities, mostly in West Africa, um, and sponsor these children. So that is the business plan of Miadonna way back in the day, quite okay. innocent. Yeah. How many children do you think you've been able to sponsor oh, since then, well, in 10 years yeah. or more? It has such a multiplier effect too. If you help one, one child, it definitely um, has a multiplier effect and you help more children. I mean, the first farm we did um, was over 500 reformed child soldiers that we were employing and training how to grow food wow. um, instead of mine for diamonds. And we've done multiple um, projects like that ever since. So it's really hard to pinpoint the exact amount, but it's thousands. Now, I, I've seen on your website that you, you've traveled to, to Africa. Yes. How often are you able to do I that? I go every couple of years because I do like to take a personal look at our projects and making sure it does create an impact. Um, when I started this, I really wanted it to be grassroots. I never wanted it to go higher to um, politics um, or any kind of really formal uh, charity because they just take too much of the funds. I wanted it to be the diamond consumer directly helping the diamond miner. 
Um, so we go, we, we go there and actually create our own projects. I sit with the locals, I talk to them and say, what's going on? What, what do we need? Um, what do you need? Tell me, um, how can I help you? So if they need books for education or something, or they need clothing, or they need Correct. eyeglasses? Yes. Well, okay. well we, I try to stick with farms. Um, when I was starting this back in 2005, I had an amazing conversation with a BBC reporter and he brought to my attention the worst thing that's happened is that a whole generation of people have lost the trade of how to grow their own food. So now they're relying on diamond mining or aid just to survive. Because during all the civil wars, most of the time it's illegal to grow food because ground's considered too valuable and natural resources, that you're, it's actually illegal to grow food. Um, so we go in and we try to build farms um, and give the, give the technology, give the equipment, give the seed banks um, and the education um, so people can actually grow their own food. But then Ebola, um, unfortunately the Ebola epidemic happened so then we went in and sponsored orphans. There were 7,000 orphans uh, created during the Ebola epidemic. So, so we do just try and help where it's needed. You've used the words uh, ecological, green, and environmental, and where I come from in the automotive industry mm -hmm. in my career in industrial automation and things, they're a little bit different. I, I don't necessarily connect them directly with humans mm -hmm. the way that you do, um, and, and not just plants and, and organisms in the soil. You talk about eco-friendly versus ethically produced more often, mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned the term conflict diamonds, mm -hmm which is a little bit different because that involves armed conflict as opposed to just the horrendous uh, situation of how you, you, people are being employed, how children are being employed to, to do the mining. Mm -hmm. So can you help me understand those nuances? Sure. Uh, well, eco is a term that is uh, very known to consumers. Um, and so that's basically why we've just cut it down to it's an eco diamond. Um, my, my whole goal with um, Mia Donna and our foundation, The Greener Diamonds, is to be an advocate for the diamond consumer, an advocate for the diamond miner, and also an advocate for the environment. So anything we do in my company comes back to those three um, objectives. Um, so yes, we watch out for the environment. Our lab-grown diamonds that we grow are seven times less the environmental impact, the mining one. Um, no, there's absolutely no humanitarian abuses because we're, we're not mining them, we're, doing them, we're making our diamonds in a controlled modern-day lab environment. Um, and then with our proceeds, we go back and actually en enrich these areas. Um, and then of course, the consumer. We're just, we're cons that's what we say to um, our customers, is that we are just like you. We we started this business because we were fed up with the way the diamond industry was run. So we're your advocate. Um, our lab-grown diamonds are up to 40% less than regular earth-mined diamonds. We make everything in America um, and we're just trying to do things right all the way around. Okay. So um, where has the supply for your diamonds been over the last decade? What, so, where, what part of the country? I, well, it, it's, it's varied. Um, so when I started this in 2005, um, when I was trying to look for a conflict-free option that I could sell to um, be the sustainable funding source for our foundation, I soon found out that there was no such thing as a conflict-free diamond if you consider the environment and the earth like we just talked about, um, if it came out of the earth. So that's when I started working with scientists and say, okay, how can we create something in a lab? We were creating um, industrial purpose diamonds back in 2005, but we really hadn't... There, there weren't 
jewelry style no, diamonds that, that was only for the carborundum and, and and all the things that I'm familiar with correct. in the factory for mm -hmm. grinding things. So we hadn't perfected the technology to get them into gem quality because the larger that we would grow a diamond, the yellower it would get. So we can actually, back then we could only grow diamonds to about a quarter of a carat and they were yellow in color. Um, so we've, we've really come a long way with the technology and actually last year, um, well at 2016 now, me and Donna Scientist just grew the largest lab-grown diamond in America at 6.28 carats. Um, so we've come a long way and there are a lot more labs now. I mean, back then there was only one, well there was two labs, one lab went, uh, we're not doing this, no, this is not gonna catch on, um, it's, it's an uphill battle. Um, but now there's labs everywhere, which is great. I always said that the lab-grown diamond is purely just the evolution of a diamond, um, evolution of an industry. Once we know better and once we know how to do things better, um, the product and industries evolve. And so the more people that are creating diamond um, out there in gem quality, um, I, think, I think is better for the whole industry. So you say Mia Donna Scientist, mm -hmm. is that perhaps a professor who has a grant or something uh, working at a university or no, these is it are an actual employee? <laughs> we actually contract um, out, we work with different labs, so we actually don't own our own labs. Um, the good thing about that is that every lab now has a different recipe, um, which produce different diamonds. So we can have, we've got, got one lab in America that produces really high quality, large colorless diamonds, or I use another lab that produces pinks and blues and yellow diamonds or, Do you know. Do they, for the pinks and blues, do they have to put some sort of small impurity into no, the diamond structure to get the color? It's all about the different gases that we release while we're, we're creating the diamond. Okay. Yeah. All right, interesting. So you actually created the supply chain. Correct. That's, that's fabulous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as I said back, back in the day, uh, it, it was a, we were going up against the earth mine diamond industry, and they didn't want this to come out at all. Um, so it was a real uphill battle um, and the diamond manufacturers, like I said, one of them pulled out and said, no, I can't, we can't do this. You know, it's, it's too hard. Um, but I was there saying, do it. <laughs> you, let's create this diamond. I promise you I'll be able to sell it. it, it you know, it's, um, there's a market for it. And I've proven that to be correct. I'd like to come back to the eco in a minute, but yeah. um, because we're mentioning the supply and stuff, so there, you know, I'm sure you've been interviewed a few mm -hmm. times. You know, De Beers announced a uh -huh. 90, 94 million dollar lab here uh, to be uh, built in this area. Is that good? Bad? Uh, in Portland, I couldn't believe that little old Portland. <laughs> um, as I said before, the more people growing diamonds um, in a lab, I think is fantastic. Um, but it's, it's kind of ironic that De Beers have really tried to stop this technology from taking off. They've, they have tried to... The incumbent. <laughs> right? Um, I mean, they've tried to sue me. They have belittled me, uh, attacked my character. They've tried to really stop oh the growth of lab-grown diamonds. Um, and then they announced that they're growing diamonds just up the street from me was <laughs> very interesting. Um, but they have just created the biggest awareness campaign for lab growing diamonds. That's absolutely been amazing and I'm all for it. Um, they've got a gazillion dollars <laughs> behind them um, and they are really bringing out lab growing diamonds to the general public that um, had previously no never heard about anything like this before. Okay. Yeah. So, so back to the question of the eco, you said something that was really important to me okay. about the 
overall ecological positive mm -hmm. measure because I've dealt a lot with electric vehicles, mm -hmm. for instance, and we've yeah. argued about whether, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the mining and the electricity production and the coal and this and that is actually better or worse by the time you get to the right. electric vehicle. Yeah, Fracking with natural mm -hmm. gas vehicles, you know, is it better for the environment or not? So where would I... If I were looking for that data, where might I find that information? Uh, Morgan, uh, Stanley Morgan uh, did a huge study, and also Frost and Sullivan did a huge study on the environmental impact of an earth mine diamond versus a lab-grown diamond. Okay. Um, and that's where they, I got the statistic that lab-grown diamonds are actually seven times less the environmental impact. Uh, than an earth mine diamond. Okay. Being an engineer, I wondered about how you know you produce all that pressure and stuff, and that takes energy. It so that's does great take energy. Um, a lot of labs right now are using solar or hydropower. They're trying to offset the the power by um, some natural natural source. Oh, wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Um, so you said you're a social enterprise. Correct. So your vision of success mm -hmm. is going to be different than the beers. Here's <laughs> its bottom line yes, dollars kind yes. of thing. That's an old-minded industry. You're a business and still have to make money because uh -huh. you need money to support the foundation. So how do you define success? The impact I'm creating. Um, it is, I mean, with my foundation, The Greener Diamond, uh, it's so exciting at the moment because we've been able to do things that I only dreamt of doing 12 years ago. Right now we're currently looking at, well, we've taken all... Everything we've done in the past 12 years and seen what worked and what didn't work, what, uh, what created the most impact and, and what really didn't work. Um, and now we're rolling out our own farm. Um, it's going to be in um, Bong County in Liberia. And it's going to be a 10 acre farm where the communities actually come to our farm, stay with us in a, in a dormitory style um, of living situation. And they learn everything from fish farming to, to growing their rice, everything they need to know. Then they'll go home to their own lands with a set of tools um, and then be able to grow um, food in their own farms. And we're going to um, uh, train 200 people at once with this, at this farm. So. so when you say tools, you mean physically? tools, education, correct. and probably seed from what a Correct, correct. Okay. It's kind of like a microloan, um, but not in cash. It's going to be in... in I know, I was, I, was, uh, <laughs> I was very proud. Uh, I, I got a little note from Kiva. Okay. an organization yeah. you probably have heard mm -hmm. of and somebody you know had repaid their, their last $8.26 oh, wow. of, yeah. of a loan and stuff and I, I, I didn't have a way to say congratulations oh, and thank yeah. you through the Kiva yeah. system that I found. Yeah. Maybe it's there but I, I just didn't find well, it yet. Yeah. So I, that's, that's, that's actually that's a good wonderful. point. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, well, it's exciting. E-commerce. In fact, um, Mao, mm -hmm. when I talked with her here, she said this was an e-commerce. Now, wasn't the first <laughs> words I would have used but uh -huh. you've started a home shopping kind of approach. Mm -hmm. How's that going? Um, are there any issues that you need to work out? And I'm curious if it might be age dependent. You know, some people more comfortable with home shopping okay. that and others less. Sure. So we are web-based, um, but we do have a showroom here in, in Portland that people can come visit. Um, we have actually a luxury showroom, so we shut it down for the customer for a whole hour, beer, champagne, wine, and just pull everything, all the jewelry out of the cases and they can um, try on everything. Um, so that's a great experience, but we are web-based, about 90% web-based. Um, and well, millennials, the, the ones getting married at the moment, uh, about 27 years old, is uh, the American uh, national average of 
getting married. Um, and they really appreciate the technology, I feel, that it takes to create a diamond, but then also the ease and personal experience of shopping online. Um, we do realize that it's a, it's a style. Engagement rings are, are a style, so people need to actually see it um, and touch it. So we have a home try-on program. People can order four different rings, well, three at the moment, three different rings from our website, and we will send them out a sample of each of those rings. They can try it on the comfort of their own home and then send it back to, to us. Totally free of charge um, but then we also have a 30-day return policy so you can order anything off our website because all our jewelry is made to order um, because on our website you can choose the setting but then choose the center stone side stones metal type ring size so you actually create it yourself we will make it for you in our facility in New York and send it to you if you don't like it for any reason not totally in love with it you send it back for a, for a full refund so we have made it very easy for the consumer um, to shop online so I've, I've uh, in the automotive industry and industrial automation, we're doing a lot with augmented reality and virtual okay. reality and things like that. And I could easily imagine that as a minimum, you have 360 views capable on Correct. your website, but it can go beyond that uh, in the very near future where if they have some Oculus Rift glasses or yes. something, they could actually be mm -hmm. looking at it sized properly. It's exciting. It really is exciting with the technology that's coming out. Um, and I, I, as an entrepreneur myself, I tend to go totally <laughs> extreme. Everyone's <laughs> going to pull me back a little bit like, no, we can't do that quite yet. Um, but it's exciting. Yeah, sky's the limit. We're, we're, we're growing leaps and bounds with the technology for e-commerce. So it's exciting. Um, one of the little knit uh, detail things that you have to do is you sent some little uh, measuring mm -hmm. devices when you do the home shopping yeah. so that they could get some sort of an idea. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I grew up, my father did some jewelry making. Okay. Uh, he was a tool and die maker, so in the, in the basement sure. he did anything and everything. Oh, and so, so we had you know, the full set of mm -hmm. uh, trial sizes just like any jeweler would yeah. have. And you know, he could measure you know, on the, I don't even know what it's called, but the, the yeah. metal mm -hmm. rod that you yeah. check the sizing on and stuff. That seemed a little bit uh, difficult to get sizing that mm -hmm. way. How? So with a home try-on or even not with a home try-on, anyone can contact us and we can send them a, ring, uh, a ring sizer. So it's just basically, um, it looks like a little belt, really, yeah. that you wrap around your finger yeah, as, and it'll as, tell as you the As opposed to the various exactly, sized yeah. ones that, you know, my dad had the big yes. ring with every size. Like, <laughs> if you, you come know, into the showroom, size. we'll probably do it the, the old school way. Okay. Um, but if you need something at home, we can definitely send you them. Yeah, right. a home, home try-on ring sizer. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Um, You started out because you were dissatisfied with the supply side of the business. Right. And I think about some of the other stories that I read in the, in the news and uh, what comes to mind, I mentioned fracking and, and mm -hmm. you know, electricity generation for electric vehicles and batteries. Mining of cobalt and lithium mm -hmm. has some of the same issues, I think. And then of course, in India with the clothing industry, mm -hmm. you know, kind of right next to jewelry and gold you know, similar thing. gold's just as complex as um, diamonds are all our gold that we use actually is recycled um, so we're not mining for gold either okay yeah so <laughs> similar, similar issues but they haven't Correct. come up like an entrepreneur and yeah. decided to uh, make a social conscious mm -hmm. business out of it yeah okay yeah what else would you like uh, people to know well just like you said I, i'm loving that consumers are are 
they're the ones that vote with their money. They're going to make mm. industries change. They're going to make um, new products available just with what they're purchasing. Um, and I love it that right now consumers are way more, um, they're way more conscious of what they're purchasing. They want to ask questions. They want to know the origins. Uh, it's not about just price and marketing anymore, which is that very old school way of of selling goods. The short-term financial gains at the long-term cost to the people and planet is simply no longer acceptable. So I'm, I'm loving where this consumer trend is going. All right, that's wonderful. Well, thank you for You're actually welcome. creating Paul. an industry. Yeah. I didn't realize that when we, we started down this path. Uh, thanks for talking with us thank and you. telling Appreciate us about it. how to build value in a business uh, and uh, the seven forces. Fantastic, thank you. Thank you.